Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I did take a week off. For which we don't really offer an apology because shit happens. We just couldn't get together last week. Well, but, uh, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a holiday well, weekend. Well, let's not be dicks about it. I mean, we took off because it was a holiday weekend. A lot of stuff going on. I had family in town. Uh, work obligations. Like, yes, life happens, but I think it's fair. I mean, we've got a you know a loyal fan base, fair. so All we right. we did try to you know piece something together, but it was it ended up being. Where it was going to be more stressful for me, and that not, might not have been a great show, or it might have been very entertaining. <laughs> if you know, for as, as long as you're not me, <laughs> right? As long as exactly. So uh, we took it off, and um, we I don't know, we didn't make an announcement, and that's that's on us. But hope everyone had uh, an uh, enjoyable Fourth of July weekend. Um, you know, let's. Uh, Thanks for having me over for some smoked brisket, which I enjoyed. Right. Um, you know what? I, here's the thing about brisket with me. I don't, too much fat off? No, 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 no. I just don't like my own brisket for whatever reason. Um, it's just not like it's it's not exactly where I want it yet. Um, and so I'm looking for certain, there's just certain markers that I'm looking for, right? And part of this is I'm holding myself to a standard of these sure, shows yeah, that sure. I watch on Netflix and these guys that I watch on YouTube. And that's what I'm trying to get to. And so when it's not exactly that, I'm just pissed at it. Right, like I mean, it's just like all right, throw the whole thing away, and I'll just go get a pizza. But um, I'm glad you enjoyed. Yeah, it's, I do not throw that away. Right. Um, it. I mean, it always. I. I always think, well, this is going to be terrible, and then it's like gone first, and it's just like, okay, well, that one piece I had, I guess, is all I have to go off of. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> you faster, what do you want? Yeah, seriously. Um, right? But um, me of all people, <laughs> really. And I got there late, so don't 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 bitch at me. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was really good. It was just uh, I I do think maybe if you left more fat on, it would be more like. Yeah, what you're I mean, and really the key is is trimming, and I just need to get better at that. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we're making people listen to. Well, no, I mean, look, there's talk. people right. who were interested. Um, you know, and, and we did. Uh, you know, the Fourth of July has has had some, uh, I guess, additional attention lately, as you know, you've had people. You know, protesting the flag, the anthem, um, you know, which we'll get into a little bit later with Gwen Berry, uh, you know, with really the recognition of Juneteenth in, in 1865 where everybody was free. Um, and, you know, I, I think even myself last year got a little caught up or maybe the year before in sort of this idea of, you know, uh, you know, how should I look at the, the, the 4th of July uh you know, as a from the position of a black person, um, and and the reason why that's important, you know, 1776, you know, we 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 you know declare our independence from from Britain, um, but here in the United States, we there were a lot of slaves, and yeah. they weren't remotely free for you know literally another hundred years, um, and I think, you know, like if if you're a black person, you're like, well, I don't celebrate you know Independence Day, I, I celebrate Juneteenth. That's fair, but I think the the the, the real, the, you know, the, the analysis should be: look, should when when you when you when you declare your independence from Britain and you're talking about freedom and you're talking about, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and everything that that comes with it, 
you know, how do you not look at the slaves that you have and say, oh, yeah, maybe we should free them too, right? And so I'll listen to the argument all day that they should have freed the slaves then, um, save the Civil War, you, you know, and, and start working on a, a, a truly free, free country across the board. Uh, but that didn't happen, right? And so, Clearly. you know, so the reality is, is that you don't get to... Uh, you know, Juneteenth, you don't get to 1865, you don't get to June 19th without July 4th, right? And let's, let's uh, July 4th, um, um, 1776, right? Like, you don't get there, uh, you don't get to that Juneteenth without that because he, he, let's, let's remember something, right? The, 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 <laughs> the British, the United Kingdom, um, whatever you want to call them, uh, they were, I mean, they, they had an empire, Right? Yeah, absolutely. And they, they weren't known for being the nicest group of people, right? I mean, like they, I mean, they, they had an empire that, that literally spanned the globe. Um, and if you look at everywhere they touched, black people and dark people and dark-skinned people were demonized, right? And were um, looked at as inferior, right? I mean, that's through their entire existence, which it's interesting to hear British people criticizing the United States on their racial issues when it's just like, well, this shit came from you. True. Right? Although I think England outlawed slavery long before the United States. Okay, that's that's and, that's and, fine, but like let's not act like England but, and 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 the and the British are just oh you no, know, free and clear but, of this, oh, right? I, like I, I mean like uh, the reason why it was happening here in the United States is because of what was going on in Europe and it was just like what's good for the good is good for the gander. So I mean I, I think to to the reality is is that you 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 know, you needed to you needed to break free of that, right? To get to that point. Now, again, the argument I will listen to all day and agree with that when you declare your independence, you should have freed everybody, but they didn't. And so now we have to look at it and say, all right, well, we we get the independence from England, we fight for, and we end up getting our freedom. You know, a hundred years later. And I think both of those dates are important and have significance, whether you're black, white, or whatever, if you're American, right? Um, and, and as a person who, look, I've said it multiple times, there's no other place that I'd rather be. There's no other place where I'd, rather, where I'd prefer to, to grow up and live, and you can talk about Europe all day. Like, look, Europe loves to criticize us on our racial issues and talk about how great it is, but look, I know plenty of people who've been there and it's fine to visit if you're black, but it's a whole other experience. Like if you've lived the, if you live there for an extended period of time. No, there are pockets, right, that are just you know these pleasant utopias where there are no issues, I guess. Um, but for the I most know, are part, there, are I, there? I mean, according you know according to some people out there, they say that you know well, this place has no racism, right? And it's a white person that knows zero black people, but the black people that they saw on the street seemed happy. So <laughs> that's their analysis. Well, there, we, well, the, there you well, go. But I mean, I know black people who've lived in. You know, who will say that, yeah, it's great, it's different, but look, they still have their issues. Um, and so, you know, I consider myself a patriot. I love this country, and I've said it time and time again. As a person who truly loves the country, I have a right to criticize it, right? Absolutely. And, and to analyze its past and its, its mistakes that are still reverberating today that, that need corrected. Um, and so I don't consider myself... You know, I, I don't think that embracing, you know, freedom and, and enjoying the Fourth of July deters from any of the arguments, fights for, you know, social justice and 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 
uh, equality and, and equity, I don't think those are, are um, um, you competing, know, competing right, they're, they're, those aren't competing interests, in my, in my opinion. Fair. No, I agree. I think um, when you get older and you learn what you were taught, the history you were taught as a junior high schooler and a high schooler, and then the reality, they're very different things. And right now there seems to be a huge push against truth. So people don't want to hear about critical race theory. Why? It's unpleasant. Okay, right. it is. It's also a reality of our country. Yep. People don't want to hear... I mean, I remember learning about the Trail of Tears when I was in 7th or 8th grade, and it was kind of pushed over as, yeah, this was bad, and this is a 40-minute uh, you know, lesson from your history teacher, and now let's talk about the great stuff. Yeah, I and, mean, and the, you know, it's funny, the Trail of Tears, you know, when, when I learned about it, um, it was not even a full chapter, right, in the, in the history book. And it was sort of, you know, and then these people went from here to there, you know, and they happened to go on foot, and that was unfortunate, and moving on, right? Right. You and know, the fact I mean, that there was a bayonet in their back, and right, kids were like, dying along the way. Right, like, it was a really long walk, and it wasn't pleasant, and there were negative side effects to walking a long distance in certain conditions. And uh, guess what? Next week is Spaghetti Friday. You know what I mean? Like, so... <laughs> Um, you know, the, the, and, and I think it's the, the things that have been left out, um, that are now people are saying, all right, let's push those things back in. So we have a better picture of what happened, uh, is just receiving all sorts of kickback. Just, just yesterday, Mike Pompeo, uh, former U S secretary of state, uh, you know, puts out a tweet saying that, you know, and actually I, I have the exact tweet here. Um, that he put out and you know reading this it's just like it's hard to imagine that you know some of these people um held huge positions right. in the i mean this is not ancient history this right. isn't some guy when you hear a quote from someone from from 1915 you know yeah. maybe i'll make excuses and you can say well it's easy whatever right but it was 1915 right. and this was yesterday or two but, days but ago mike pompeo says if we teach that the founding of the United States of America was somehow flawed, it was corrupt, it was racist, that's really dangerous. It strikes at the very foundations of our country. Right? That came from the former U.S. Secretary of State, right? And this idea that the founding of our country is perfect was without corruption and there was no racism, like, it was founded on, like, there were slaves at the founding, right? Like getting, you know, I mean, like, and not Is because they were racist. I don't think we need right. to go there. I mean, there, it's not we? like the slaves were there to, to represent the slaves. They were there <laughs> doing slave shit, right? They, they had, had zero right. I mean, right. we talk about I mean, freedom and rights. They had no rights whatsoever. Right. I mean, they were literally considered less than human, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. so, um, yeah, it yeah, it was there was there was racism and yes, there was corruption and yes, it was flawed. I mean, even the founders would tell you that the founding was flawed. It wasn't a perfect process. They argued and fought about. I mean, you know, a couple of them literally challenged each other to a duel, and <laughs> and, and one of them was like killed. Like this is, it's just, it's amazing. Like we, we the term whitewashing continues to be used, but this is this is something beyond whitewashing, right? Like I mean, this is. This is completely trying to, to uh, reconfigure what happened and make it into something that it, com it just absolutely was not. And look, it doesn't make this country any worse to acknowledge how we were built, right? It's the thing that will make us better, right? Once we start to acknowledge these things and we look at it and say, look, 
racism is, was, was there from the beginning, and we're only now getting to a point where it's there less, right? And we can see the, the errors that we made. I work in housing, I work in affordable housing development, and I deal with the issues and the mistakes of the past that some were intentional, some were unintentional. You know, some of the mistakes were trying to correct the, the wrongs of the past and they, they were still the wrong move and they made a bad situation worse. But we can't ignore that, right? The things that happened in the past and say, all right, we're just gonna start from scratch here. We have to understand those things so we don't repeat those same mistakes. And that's a battle that I fight in my position on a daily basis. Like I can't just look at the laws, I can't just look at the numbers and the permits and, and everything else. I have to think about real world impact to what it is that we're doing. And, and that's a fight I push, I, I push even in my own agency. It's like, look, we've dealt with this and we saw what happened when, when this happened in 1972 in Milwaukee or we saw what happened, right? And it led to X, Y, and Z. So, so we can't repeat those same mistakes. And, and we need more of that, not less, right? Because it makes certain people, people feel bad or, or, or it, it dilutes or, or hurts or diminishes this grand image that they have of how this country was founded and came to be. Yeah, I mean, it. it whenever I hear about things um, in in Russia or, or you know Germany and how they try to push things out of the the narrative, as an American, I think, oh, that's wrong. We do it here too, right? A right. lot. <laughs> um, and let, let me try to do a bad segue because we've con- kind of come down a little bit of a, a rabbit hole. But in terms of getting things done. Joe Biden has said he was going to get us out of Afghanistan, as did Donald Trump, as did Barack Obama. Biden's actually doing it. They evacuated Bagram Air Force Base essentially overnight with no notice, which I have not watched OAN or Fox since that happened. I shouldn't say I haven't. I haven't heard them talk about that. I'm betting that they're going to talk about how cowardly it was and how he's undermining the military. I haven't heard that yet. I'm just predicting it. Having said that, it's probably the right way to do it. It's you really don't want to. Only way, Jim. We talked about this, right? I mean, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that at you, like a criticism, but it's it's you just because you said Jim. No, I mean it's <laughs> no, just kidding. Jim. There's just no other way we can do it, right? Right. I mean, we have to admit that it didn't go as planned. Whatever the plan was, and I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone can tell you exactly what the plan was from from the beginning. Um, or what the initial plan was, but whatever it was, I'm sure it wasn't this, you know, 20 years later. Right. Um, and look, it, it just, it wasn't successful, right? I mean, like the Taliban is still there. There's other fighting tribes and it's something that we shouldn't have got into. Um, and if we had to go there, it should have been much more, uh, um, you know, seriously defined and, 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 um, it just should have been, it should have been something a lot different than what it was, uh, and so the only way out of it now is you just have to pull out, right, and deal with the repercussions and recognize. And I've said it before: look, guys, we're sorry, we're on your own. We'll we'll, we'll try to help from afar. Uh, we recognize that this is probably going to create a vacuum. We recognize that there's going to be terrorism. Um, don't bring it to our door. If you do, we'll wipe you off the face of the earth. That's just. Unfortunately, that's the way this goes. And when you said this, when we talked about this a while ago, you said this, and this is very important, I think, to reiterate, is the people on the ground who helped us, we need to find a solution for them. And I've seen there's no, talks we about... We need to just bring them over. There's no... We need to bring them here. Well, they're right? getting relocated to somewhere in Asia, and I don't know Terrible where. Terrible idea. Okay. I'm Terrible. Not... I just... I, because I... 
I don't know how safe they are in Asia, right? We're in Asia, right? I mean, I feel right. like you're going to have a hard-ass time getting to them in the U.S. I think it was Kazakhstan. Right, like, I just don't, like, I, I don't think, like, moving them somewhere a little further away, like, you need to bring them here. You need to protect them in every way possible. Um, you know, just moving them somewhere else over in Asia or, you know, some other place in kind of Europe or something like that. Like, I mean, you, le you leave them exposed and they're going to they're gonna get picked off one by one um, or, or worse. Uh, I, I think the responsibility of the United States government for the people who helped us all that time make whatever progress we did, or even if, even if we didn't make progress, but at least stuck their neck out, you realize if you leave them for any extended period of time uh, unprotected, they're, they're dead. Yeah. And, that, and that's important to do, not just as a humanitarian thing or a quote-unquote right thing to do issue. If you want credibility looking forward, you, you, we've already done tremendous damage to our international credibility especially when it comes to foreign wars. And if you leave, the, when we left the Kurds out to dry, yeah. we've done this time and but again. But we've done, we've done like we, like the, our credibility in this arena is shot. I, th I mean, personally, no like, I mean, it's, our, it's already shot. And so at some point in time, if you're gonna, you, you have to do right by the people who did, who, who, who did right by you. And if we leave these people exposed... And they start to get picked off or killed in mass or whatever it might be, uh, in retaliation for their efforts. Uh, we we've learned nothing. We've made a terrible situation much worse, and we have that much more blood on our hands. And this is even worse because it was like it was. This was this is preventable. There is no reason you don't snatch these people up and say, "Look, take what you can grab. We'll get you figured out. We'll get you. We'll get things settled when we get to the U.S. But we got to get you on this plane." You know, with these whatever we're we're taking back over, you got to go now. Come on, yeah. like you know, like grab whoever you need to grab. Let's get your family and let's go. Yeah, and I don't want to put this all on Biden, but he's the, he was in charge when it happened. There have been presidents saying we would get out of there for literally more than a decade, and Biden's actually doing it, and I think he deserves credit for that. He he definitely deserves credit for it, but he 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 needs to get that and he's part doing right. right. Yeah, you right. Know, I mean, if you oh, leave, I'll, like, I'll pull I back mean, the credit if he fucks right, that up. I mean, it's just like, and I'm I'm, you know, given the nod, but there's you know, it's a nod with a you know with a with a raised eyebrow, like there's Don't more to this yep. than just pulling out. Yep. You know, I mean, like you 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 need to make sure everything gets out, and that includes your your, your human assets. Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, we did not talk, well, we didn't get on, uh, together last week for the show. There was a, a condo complex in the Miami area, called, a town called Surfside, Florida, that collapsed. Absolutely sounds horrific. I try not to imagine what it would be like to be in that situation. Jim, I just, I, I, all I see and think and hear is 9-11. I just, I, and I know, yeah, 9-11 was caused by terrorists and planes and speaking of Afghanistan, right. but... You know, just seeing the rubble, the dust, and you know the the um, uh, the first responders, you know, just working twenty four seven on you know little or no rest. Um, you know, the mission turning from a rescue mission immediately into you know recovery. Uh, yeah. recovery um, the pain, the families, the anguish. It, it's. That's all I see. It's hard for me to watch. And we've talked about how 9-11 impacted me. And I know this isn't, the, the cause is not the same. But I'm still seeing the same thing. I still, it still takes me back to that trauma. 
Um, and this, this hits home for me because what do I do, right? Like, I mean, I, I just said that, you know, a big part, my job is building housing, right? I build, I, I, my job is to get the financing, uh, to negotiate the partnerships, uh, to, put, to put together these plans to have housing built um, uh, in every single aspect of it. So my worst career nightmare is to be a part of a project that has an outcome like this. Sure, right? I, can, Where, I can imagine. You know, I mean. because I'm not an engineer, I'm not an architect, so I have to trust what these guys are saying when they build this. And then you 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 have a building that's got these 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 structural deficiencies, and there are multiple reports showing where these things were identified and said, hey, this needs to be fixed, this needs to be resolved, this is dangerous, we're having issues, this is gonna be a problem, and it went ignored for multiple reasons. Um, you know, politics within the people who lived in the condo and the condo association and money and, and you know, all these sort of superficial things that, you know, it's real important that the, that the head of the condo association makes his point and other people are challenging him and nobody wants to pay money and everybody is anti-socialist. So they just want to, I just want to pay my share for me. I'm not paying for anybody else and their shit and this and that and the other thing. And now... Uh, you got a hundred plus people dead, right? Or you know, forty six right. now, but uh, I mean, sixty, six, six, Jesus. But I mean, we we know well, the numbers. Eighty missing, and let's face it, right? I mean, the, I mean, this doesn't have a happy ending. You hope, you know, you hope that there's somebody out there who's missing, who just skipped town and didn't right. tell anybody. You know, who went to Vegas, who. You know, was I mean, I think even this is a case where you, you hope somebody was was having an affair and wasn't home, and you, you know, what I mean, like just all like you, at this point, you don't care. You just hope that they weren't there, and you hope that they're missing because of something else, not this. Um, but the, 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 there are real consequences to to some of these behaviors that you see with these buildings, and these are things that I deal with, right? Like we go in, we get a report. report it's called a PCNA which um, it's your critical needs assessment. And you get this report and these companies come through. These companies don't give a fuck. They're objective. They're just telling you like, look, you need to fix this. They tell you what's in the report and it's your job to get it done. And I know developers, I know developers who will go, will flip every stone possible. They will leave no stone, stone unturned to avoid high ticket items, right? If they can, or you know, can how can we minimize this? How can we reduce the cost? How can we avoid this? Is there something that we could do? You know, what sort of band aid can I put on this uh, on this fifty caliber bullet hole? Um, and 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 it's terrifying, you know, as a, as a developer and as someone who who works in this field, uh, this is this is worst case scenario. This is not a shot at Trump, but when people talk about deregulating and getting government out of stuff. Things like this happen because of deregulation. Now, I don't know if this specific thing did, but when you take away regulations, and I've been to India, I've been to Puerto Rico, where regulations are not existent or enforced. Where your people are from? My people are not from either India or Puerto Rico. I don't know why you went there. But, uh, but it, no, you're, you're so okay. proud of yourself. You're so you proud of yourself. Well, why I went to Puerto Rico. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, look, the government can fuck up a lot of things and can make things a lot more difficult than it should be in lots, on lots of occasions. Having said that, having regulations in place is supposed to prevent things like this. And this particular thing, it sounds like there were multiple warnings. And like you said, the condo association probably said, yeah, it's fine. 
and, and yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot. I mean, there there's a lot here as to why it wasn't resolved, which is disturbing. Um, you know, and the other part too is that f- f- Florida is the wild wild west when it comes to real estate development. Um, I really, you know, when I was working for a private developer, I really wanted to get into the state of Florida to develop it there because I saw opportunities. Um, and those opportunities were legit, right? I mean, it's out there, so yeah, you could definitely make a lot. There's definitely room for you here. But then looking at their process, um, it is, it's just absolutely bonkers, right? I mean, like, if, if, you're, or if, if you're, you know, in competition for tax credits and you're awarded them and you win, then you can get sued by other developers, not for any other reason than they just didn't win. So they can sue you and hold up the entire process, which means, you know, money that you put down on land, uh, various, you know, reports and all those things expire. And so your award gets pulled and then you've got to start all over again. Right. And this is just, that, this is absurd. Right. That it's just like, oh, you won. Well, screw you. I'm suing you because you won. Like, what, wait, what in the actual fuck? Um, you know, I mean, all sorts of things that once you get into. So you get a little inside baseball for the average crowd yeah i mean but still i mean there's just this it's just it's a madhouse down there when it comes to development so uh when you when you take all of those things before something even begins to be built and then you combine it with you know this sort of you know um um just i don't even know how to describe the lack of inspection the lack of well i I think there were inspections where it was pointed out like look these things need to be fixed. But once a building is built, right, like then, then the government only has so much power. Like, all right, fine, we'll fine you to, up to the wazoo, but at some point they still have to fix it. And so, you know, like, I mean, you're going to have the government come in and shut the building down and make everybody move out. These people own these places, right, uh, to a degree. Maybe, you know, it's, you've got some renters and leasers, but, like, I mean, you've got a condo association. That means you've got a lot of people who own. Like, so what, are you going to kick the people out of their homes? Like, there's... The government is limited sure. at that point, right? And so this is where, you know, private industry didn't help itself here. Um, and, and it's just, it's incredibly just just awful. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, one thing you'd like to think is when you shut your front door and get into your condo, that it's not going to collapse around you. And right. the horror of that. I honestly, Steve, I have concerns that this is a geographic thing too and that other buildings of similar stature whether you know groundwater leakage or whatever it's going to become a problem that occurs again and again and i hope well, this makes I, you think I, I, i'm I concerned think, about that i don't well, have any evidence i mean look when you when you have structural issues with a building terrifying and it's scary but fortunately you know there are a lot of shitty contractors out there but there are some really really good ones really good structural engineers you know, throughout the country, really good architects who can look at the problem and say, yeah, that sucks, and yeah, that's dangerous, and if you don't fix it, this whole thing's going down, but we have a solution. Like, these things can be fixed, right? Like, these, this is, we're not, this isn't 1915, right? True. This is 2021. There are a lot of really smart people, and there's a lot of great technology, and we've made a lot of, of headway in the world of, of, of uh, uh, structural engineering, so a lot of these, a lot of the issues that plagued this building are are fixable, right? And 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 yeah, like Tra- maybe, tragedies like this probably inspire people to take right. it more seriously. I mean, like th- like this, I, I see. I see it the opposite. I see that this is 
awful, but it may, who knows how many lives it will ultimately save because you don't want to be the next Surfside. Right. Right. Like if you're sitting in a condo in Florida right now, it's hurricane season. Everybody's looking at the last report, right? Everybody's sure. looking at the last inspection report. Be like, um, what is, what is this about the facade? We need to, what, here, yeah. here is my $150. I am, you know, here is my $1,500. Let's go ahead and get that result. But like you said, hurricane season's rolling in. And yeah, you better. You're gonna have to move fast, folks. Yeah, because I mean, in, in 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 most instances, whatever the issues are, are not pressing like this, right? This was right. this was this was an exception. I think I believe this is an exception to the rule. But what happens is now, at least for the next decade, if not longer, the smallest crack is going to get everyone's full attention. And if you live in a condo in Florida, and you listen to this show, listen to what we're saying. You know, and you be the one standing up, be like, and all you got to do is just hold up a sign that says Surfside. Yep. Yeah. You know? Know, I'm thinking about it, Steve, because do you remember the bridge collapsing in Minnesota yeah. like 15 years ago, 10 yes. years ago? There was basically a national response to that, like, yeah. oh shit, we better look at our that's, bridges. That's why Cleveland got two new bridges. Okay. I didn't remember know. that? I, I mean, I, I wasn't like, here then. Uh, um, uh, uh, going into downtown, remember when everything was shut? Yeah. I wasn't here yet. You weren't here when No, oh, no, God, I was living too. in Buffalo still. Oh, Jesus, Lord. I, I, look, Glad it happened. Needed to happen. You know, Cleveland definitely. I mean, those bridges were in terrible shape, um, and it was a pain in the ass. They shut them both down, and you you had one bridge go. I mean, traffic. You know, going into downtown was unbear. I mean, it was it was like Chicago, Atlanta, New York. I mean, it was crazy, but had to be done right because otherwise we were going to be the next. There was a, there was another bridge well, collapse somewhere else, but yeah. <laughs> well, I worked on Grand Island outside of Buffalo. I drove over. Two of the f- eight worst-ranked bridges in the state of New York every day, going to and from work. Mm. So trust me, they don't for me. I, I, Steve, I don't. Can I helicopter? Well, well I, I was on my cousin's boat, and we went under one of the bridges, and I looked up at it and said, "I drive on that piece of shit." Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, all right, I don't want to go on that. Well, road, I mean, and that's but, well, I mean, it's, it's the same thing, it. right? Yeah, I mean, definitely the same thing, and, and it's also, and, and we're kind of getting away from Surfside a little bit, but that's why. You know, an infrastructure bill is absolutely critical and necessary. Um, you know, to because we've, our roads, our bridges, our railways, like they are in rough shape, right? I mean, a lot of this, a lot of these things are 40, 50, 60 years old. Um, and look, their their useful life is up, and we have to do something. This is not something we can nickel and dime over the next 60 years. Like, I mean, th- these things need attention now. They we they need money now. Um, not only to, to fix them, but I mean, we got to get people who know how to fix them, right? Like, I mean, we got to, I mean, there's, we, we need a large portion of people to say fuck college and figure out like, you know, to be, and they got to be able to do the labor that's re- required. Yeah. I mean, the can's been kicked down the road for so long. Yeah. So and, and I'm not like saying, and, and what, and what I mean by that is like, look, you get this infrastructure bill and like where we're at right now. And again, I work in construction. I deal with this on a daily basis. You know, we've got some really good contractors out there that are not taking jobs because they don't have the manpower to do it. And it's not because unemployment and people are getting paid too much. No, it's literally like every every city you go to, development is booming, 
right? I mean, across Northeast Ohio, uh, Charlotte, Atlanta, Chicago, like every all these major cities, there's construction happening everywhere. Like you're literally out of people who can build shit at any level. So we need more people who can build shit, right? And, and if you need to go to college to learn, if you want to be the structural engineer and all that stuff, obviously you need to go to school, but we actually need people who can just do the labor, who can work a jackhammer, who can lay asphalt, who can, you know, who are willing to suspend themselves from a bridge and that may fall into water or suspend themselves from a building who may fall, to, you know what I mean? Like you need those people um, and we need them in a quick, fast, and in a hurry. We could go down the what we need to do to build up the you know uh, skilled trades in the country, but we'll go on for hours on that. And you brought a story to my attention earlier today that I knew nothing about. Um, so Nicole Hannah Jones, um, I did not know who she was. Yeah, until okay. You brought so up. Nicole Hannah Jones, um, she she is behind the sixteen the sixteen nineteen project um, that the New York Times put out, which is uh, you know centered around the idea of what we were talking about earlier, critical race theory. And it revisits uh, American history through the eyes of slaves and through black people uh, and, and kind of digs into, and not kind of, digs into uh, the systemic issues regarding race and racism in the U.S. Uh, has received a lot of pushback from the Trump administration and conservatives, uh, across the country, there were actually two moms in Ohio who got their kids kicked out of school because the moms basically waged war against the school, uh, school in Columbus, because they were teaching or they they accused the school of using or teaching critical race theory. And so, like, the moms go on this campaign against the school and critical race theory in the school. It's a private school, and they're just like, all right, well, your kids are out. Um, and, you know, I mean, and, and there's more to that story. Fox News ate it up. Oh, now, sure. what's interesting is, is that the moms never say what they were opposed to their kids being taught, right? And so my, my point on this is, like, look, if, if like, and look, the, the left and progressives and Democrats are not, uh, um, not above stretching the truth, not telling the truth or being inaccurate, right? Like, I mean, they've said things um, they, they, you know, every and everybody does it, right? Okay. Like in politics and in this, and, and, and they're, they're not above, you know, kind of stretching something out. We've seen a lot, especially in the media, of you know stories not being vetted and and not being fully accurate and blah 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 yada yada yada. But in this particular instance, the moms never explain what it is that they were so opposed to. And my thing is this: if you if you're teaching something in school that is historically inaccurate, right, and you're labeling it critical race theory. I don't give a fuck what you label it. If it's not true or if it's legitimately historically inaccurate, it shouldn't be taught, right? I, I, I stand behind that. Now, that being said, um, if, if, you're, if you're a parent and you're saying, I don't want my kid to learn about, you know, what actually happened in Tulsa. I don't want my kid to actually learn about Rosewood. I don't want my kid to actually learn about, you know, these different, you know, these different uh, black historical figures and what their impact were on, on American history or, you know, these, these, these terrible situations or you don't want your kids to learn about the actual history of, of, of housing in this country. Well, that's a you problem. Um, pull your kids out, homeschool them if you want, shield them, put them in a silo. You're not helping your kids, you're not helping your family, you're not helping yourself, um, and you're, you're, you're hurting. Um, but if the schools are teaching something that is actually factually inaccurate, that isn't true, that shouldn't be taught. But 
no one, none of these people that are criticizing critical race theory are actually pointing to things that are not true, that aren't historically factual, that aren't accurate. And so that's why it's not like the, the, the argument against it, for the most part, from what I've seen, is bullshit. Well, the argument I've seen is, well, it's making my kids feel bad about being white. All right. I don't know why. I don't even. I'm not saying it's a legitimate argument. That's the argument I'm hearing. You know, and and I've seen I've I've seen that as where I've seen what you just said is coming from progressives and liberals and Democrats saying that's what people are saying. I actually haven't seen people say it makes me feel bad about being white, it makes me feel guilty about being white, and I'm not saying that they're not saying that, but what I'm seeing, whether it's social media people in interviews or just people just generally talking about it, is, you know, people saying this critical race theory... It's secondhand is what you're saying. Right, like, I'm saying, like, you know, and, and I don't know, like, and I'm not saying that people aren't saying that, I believe that they are, but I just, I'm not seeing that as something that's prominent that's coming from a first-hand reliable source, right? Now, how, how reliable is a conservative that doesn't like critical race theory? I, I, okay, fine. I, I don't know if that's the, the conversation. But um, I, at the same time, I'm also saying I haven't seen many valid arguments against it, right? Like, I've seen plenty of arguments against it, but none of them are valid, right? Because they're just saying, well, in general, critical, critical race theory should, shouldn't be taught because it's changing American history. Right, and that's just completely inaccurate. Right, right. I mean, it's ugly. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of our history is ugly. So, and so we got a little bit off the topic, but Rachel. Uh, yeah. no, I'm sorry, not Rachel Nichols. Uh, Nicole Hannah Jones. Um, so she's behind the 1619 Project with the New York Times. Uh, she was up for uh, the night chair at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, and she was up for tenure, and she was denied tenure. She goes through the entire tenure process. She is a Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, and she won that Pulitzer for her work with the 1619 Project. Um, she met all the, the credentials and qualifications for tenure, and she was denied because the board at Chapel Hill said, well, we have questions. Right Now, if you look at her, qualifi- her qualifications and her application process, she literally checks all the boxes, and they come back and they say, ah, we've got questions and we're not going to, we're going to deny you tenure. UNC Chapel Hill receives a lot of pushback on this from, from advocates and, and, and um, uh, activists and, and people just saying, like, look, man, this like, doesn't make any sense, right? Um, and so they turn around after you know, some public pressure and they offer her tenure. And they say, okay, fine, nine to four vote, uh, the position is yours. And she turns around and says, you know what, thanks but no thanks, I'm taking my talents to Howard University with Ta-Nehisi Coates, and um, she's, you know, the same position, the same tenure role, but at Howard, which is a historically black university, uh, instead of UNC Chapel Hill, Um, which really is an amazing power move if you really think about it, right? Um, because like some people say, well, UNC Chapel Hill is this and Howard is that. And it's just like, yeah, but Howard's pretty legit in terms of who and what they pump out and the talent that they pump out. It's not as nearly as well known because 
you know, I mean, listen, for the they're most part. They're not a sports school. Right, they're not a sports school, right? Like, you, you know UNC Chapel Hill for the most part. I mean, you specifically, you lived in North Carolina, so obviously, right. you know, you were, you were close to it. But most people know UNC Chapel Hill because of Carolina Blue, Michael Jordan, Dean Smith, you know, Roy Williams and the basketball team and, and a few of us, Julius Peppers, Ronald Curry. Um, but I was going to go Vince Carter on you, but right, and Vince, yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of great athletes, but that's why you know UNC Chapel Hill. Um, and so the 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 move there though is that something you've heard in the past, where I'm not fully on board with, where they say black athletes should go, should take their talents to historically black universities, and let the NFL and the advertisers come to them and push these black universities up. I don't think that works. Right, because if, even if all the black athletes did, if they stopped going to these schools, right, like University of Alabama, uh, Auburn, Miss, Ohio, Ohio, Ohio State, Ole Miss, and they all went to historically black universities, everyone's like, well, you know, ESPN would—that's that, where they would watch all the, you know, like, no, that's actually not how that would work, right? Because the reality is, Notre Dame, University of Alabama, Auburn, all their fan bases are still going to want to see their schools, right? The people who are Alabama fans and Notre Dame fans and Ohio State fans. They, they're, like, they're not going to be thrilled that all the talents at these historically black colleges, but they're also not going to go watch these historically black colleges. They're going to still watch their teams that are now all white play, and it may hurt. <laughs> well, first of all, they're not going to be all white. Right, but I mean, like, even if, they're, even, even, if it, even if the balance shifted, right, from the numbers that they are now and they just flipped, the, 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 logistically, I mean... I mean, but I'm just saying, like, let's just say it happened, right? Like, let's just say you, right. you got a groundswell of support... My thing is, is that a lot of the a lot of the reason why college football is so big is because of the black fan base, or is because of the fan bases in general, right? The student body, the alum, everything, sure. right? And if you take that away, if you take the black athletes away and put them in these specific schools, yes, those schools do get better, but you're, they're not going to replace the SEC. They're not going to replace. They they become a niche, and I think it does help those schools, but it doesn't necessarily push it down to the point where it balances out the power right. I mean, between them. Look, Grambling could have the most talent in the country, but they still don't get to play the top teams. And well, the, and struct I guess, the structure I, well, would have well, to shift. Well, actually, I'm coming around on that. I, I guess if you shifted a majority of the talent to historically black schools at some point, you may be able to make an argument that those schools could then form like a power conference to join some of the bigger conferences, and then, and then maybe. So maybe, 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 it would, maybe it would take a generation, though. It, it would. I mean, and, and I guess the question is, is it worth it um, for black athletes? And I, I don't know, maybe it is. I mean, because it's hard for me. Like, look, I like Nick Saban a lot. He's a person that I, I've met personally. He recruited me. I almost went to Michigan State when he was still there. Um, and I like him a lot. He's a great coach. He can't deny it. But the reality is, looking at the Alabama roster, and then looking at the history of Alabama when it comes to racial issues. Has they had problems? I don't know. If it's oh, I don't know, Jim. Uh, but I mean, thank look, you for getting the sarcasm. There been but but I think I, I, I think it's 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 hard to juxtapose the two, right? Like I mean, like in, in like Alabama players are very loyal to the University of Alabama and everything else. But you look at the history of the school, and their issues aren't great, right? Like so, there, there's. There could be, and I think there is a legitimate argument to say, why are you going there? Why are you supporting that, considering what their history is? Ole Miss is another one. Um, and so, yeah, maybe there is something to these athletes saying, all right, fuck this. Like, if we're, if we're really, really all about deconstructing these systemic issues, then as an athlete, this is how I could do it. 
Um, and you see coaches like Eddie George and Deion Sanders coaching at these places. We talked about uh, Jeff Fisher, who was one of my right. least favorite coaches in the history of the NFL because I believe of certain issues. He I flipped on him a little bit because he joined Eddie George. I forget the school that Eddie George is coaching now. Is it Tennessee Tech or Tennessee I believe State? It, yeah, I believe it's Tennessee Tech or Tennessee State or something like that. Historically back college in Tennessee. Um, but he's 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 coaching there, and Jeff he brought Jeff Fisher on board, and Jeff Fisher right. said, "Fine, yeah, I'll absolutely come and help you put a program together, and things like that." Those are the sort of things that kind of start the ball rolling in the right direction. So if Deion Deion Sanders and Eddie George have success at this level, and they can use their connections and network and talent and, and everything else to bring athletes in, and that spreads, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is the start of a movement, and I'm not totally against it because my school stinks, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be better this year. <coughs> Are they? Six wins. Six wins, all right. All right, so we, we've kind of bounced around a lot. Uh, the, the Rachel Nichols-Maria uh, Taylor story is one that I find fascinating from a bunch of angles. Yeah. So the biggest the thing to me is – it's kind of shining a light on how shitty of a place ESPN has been for a very long time. We've been known that. What's that? We've been known that. Though. Yeah, we we did we did, but it doesn't get talked about very much. And I mean, I remember back in the days of Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick and them talking about what a shithole place it was. It Groton, Connecticut. I think What's it's that? Gr- where is, is it headquartered in somewhere in Connecticut? I think it's Groton. No, it's not Groton. It's, it's uh, uh, um, oh my god. Uh, of course, you would bring it. You would drop this on me. Um, it's, it's it's somewhere in Connecticut, just outside of New York City. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, anyway, go ahead. And, and back, I'm talking late '80s. These guys would talk about what a shitbag organization. Well, remember it was. there was that show Sports Night, right? That made um, fun of. Well, it was it was basically about uh, um, Bristol, Connecticut. Bristol, yes. Um, I can't believe I. I mean, good, I watched ESPN for good, so good, long. Good googling. Yeah, no, I just I, I watched it for so long that was bugging me. Yeah. But I mean, I, the show Sports Night, which was basically about Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann, and their the shit that went on behind the scenes at Sports Center, um, which ESPN got taken off the air because they didn't like it airing their dairy laundry. I did not know that. Yeah, I actually never saw the show Sports Night. Oh, I did. I did. There's not very many people who did. That's yeah, also part of it, but. Because uh, it used to come on late night on ABC, uh, and then they went ahead and wiped it. And ESPN said, eh, "Yeah, we're going to hard pass on that, right?" Um, but um, so Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. Yeah. So so, so with with those two, there, so there's a lot of different interesting angles on this. Um, you know, so the crux of the, the whole issue happened actually last year at the NBA Finals in the bubble, right? So the NBA they right. had the bubble for the playoffs. And um, they had moved Maria Taylor to be the sideline reporter during the finals. And Rachel Nichols is talking to actually a representative of LeBron James, oddly enough, uh, who is white. And Rachel Nichols is white, if you don't know. Um, And she's talking about her position. And she basically says, look, I love Maria Taylor. She's great. Um, I wish her all the success. But they're moving her to the sideline. They're taking it away from me. And I think they're doing that because of their shitty reputation with diversity, and she points out as a woman at ESPN, she's experienced it firsthand, and she's fought many battles for you know inclusion of women, but she didn't really appreciate the fact that they were trying to make up for their you know shitty behavior yeah. in the past by promoting Maria Taylor and taking something from her, which yeah. is Rachel Nichols, and giving it to Maria Taylor to make up for their past shitty behavior. Her camera or recording device was left on and then was like transmitting back to the mothership in Bristol 
and someone got it um, and, you know, disseminated it around to a few people. The person who actually sent it to Maria Taylor ended up getting uh, suspended, worse assignments, and then that person ended up leaving ESPN, uh, as a side note. And then, uh, and then, so that happened last year, and then this year it gets leaked. Um, and so New York Times picks it up, they publish the story, it's a bombshell, uh, you know, plenty of people are coming after Rachel Nichols. Maria Taylor is not talking to Rachel Nichols. She hasn't said much other than, you know, the standard, you, you know, like I'm just taking this all in stride and I'm, I'm not going to make a comment and thanks for all the love and support and I got to be strong and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Um, I think Maria Taylor is the most innocent in all of this, right, With who has done nothing wrong. Right. Um, you know, R Rachel Nichols taking a lot of heat, a lot of fire. She's nowhere to be seen around the NBA Finals at this point. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if she survives uh, staying at ESPN after this. Her uh, contract situation is not good because it's up, and apparently they were in negotiations when this leaked. Right. And so, like, her contract, right. I think, in, ends this month. Well, so does Maria Taylor's, right? Okay. And so the other interesting thing about this, remember, this happened a year ago. Right. Now, a few weeks ago, it was leaked that Maria Taylor was asking for uh, or declined an offer for of five eight million. No, no, no. Oh. Eight or no, she declined and five because eight. she wanted eight million dollars, and that got leaked. Right now, people are saying like, "Hmm, that's interesting." Right. So then, after she said, after she allegedly declined five because she wanted eight, then a week or so later, this gets comes leaked okay. and this comes out. All right. Right? I didn't know the timing of that. That's yeah, the timing of it is really... In now, someone pointed she wanted $8 million because that's what Stephen A. Smith is getting. And she's like, I'm on his level. Uh, yes, that's, that's, that's what they're saying. But the question is, you know, it's hard to say that's, that actually happened, that she actually made that request, right? Did someone from ESPN put that out there to hurt her? Right. I mean, this is sports. This is entertainment. Right. No, right? I mean, I, look, if she, if she asked for eight, I have no issue with it. Go get your money. Right, I think sure. one. I think Maria Taylor is a great reporter. I love her on College Game Day. I think that she does some some really good reporting. I think she's unbelievably attractive, and just has a face for the camera. Um, you know, she's long, she's tall. I believe she played basketball or volleyball or something like that uh, somewhere. I can't remember where, um, but she checks all the boxes of you know someone in that role. And if she wants to go and ask for $8 million because that's what they're paying Stephen A. Smith, then go get it, girl. Yeah. Um, but the theory behind the leak would be that that would turn off other competitors because no one wants to pay a black woman $8 million. So then they're thinking that that puts ESPN in a better negotiating situation. So then someone from her camp says, oh, yeah, well, here's your dirt, ESPN. And they put it out. And so now all of a sudden, Maria Taylor's contract ends literally as soon as the finals are over, and she is out for bid. I'll be curious to see how this plays out because, yeah. I mean, it, what happens? And, to, you and, know. and there's so many, <laughs> you know, we're getting what we're fed. Right. I, and this is a perfect example of we're getting what we're allowed to see. This is not national security, this is not life yeah, and it's death. Sports and entertainment. But, right. But the, the behind-the-scenes, you know, finagling, and I mean, this is reminding me of when David Letterman was trying to leave NBC and get his uh, show on CBS. There was so much behind-the-scenes jockeying and, and backstabbing and just 
it was brutal. Yeah. And and this is I mean, a lower version of that. It, it really is. It's not Leno and Letterman. No, nah, but I mean, it's it's still I mean, it's still big. Look, I mean, Rachel Nichols, if you know the NFL, if you know, or I'm sorry, if you know the NBA and you know ESPN, you know Rachel Nichols. Um, you know, she's got red hair. She's got a little gap in her teeth. She's been, you know, like she's girl next door forever. And then she's you know matured into a staple of the NBA broadcast for the for ESPN. Uh, Maria Taylor, you know, kind of started small, just doing I think uh, college basketball, and and has grown into someone who's you know around basically year long with big ESPN events. Um, so it's definitely a big deal, um, you know. And there's also the the socio political aspect of it, uh, where you know Rachel Nichols, you know, she she kind of said a lot of the right things, like, oh, I wish Maria Taylor well, and she's very talented, and you know, sure. ESPN has had their issues with diversity, and I fought for him as a woman. But then this is the issue with a lot of progressive liberals, whatever, is diversity is great as long as it's not impacting you, right? And that's not unfair. Is it? I mean, I mean you can't like no, don't sit here and champion what everybody else needs to give up for for equality and equity, and then when the shit comes right to your door, you're like, well, well, I'm not giving up my position. Oh, well, I mean, like I mean, what, no, but see, that's is it? Fair? Yeah, you can say it if you want to, but then that means the rest of your your I can't take it's you hypocrisy serious. Or, I'm not saying it's not hypocrisy, right? I'm just I'm saying and you're yeah. Rachel Nichols. You've been at ESPN forever. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Right, like, and you said you you're willing to make all you said you you fought all these fights so that women would other women would have an opportunity, right? Well, they give one. Oh, well, I don't like the reason why they're giving her that opportunity, and they're taking something away from me, and I think it's bullshit. Like, oh, do you? Okay, good, good, good Karen voice. Um, okay, okay. But, but, I mean, but, I just but, like hey, when, it, when, it, when it hits you personally, it, it changes things. I mean, I that the ESPN. See, but it does. It shouldn't. And if and if you're gonna like, don't sit here and tell me what you fought for, when. You you get what you fought for and now you're mad, that, right? Like that, it was, no, that's a different. It, that, that's, I agree but, with that. But I mean, she's she's sitting there saying she fought for more women to have access to ESPN, but it's just like, well, you can't take my thing, right? No, but so but, what the fuck were you fighting for? Right. It, so but, it sounds like you were just fighting for yourself, and it just so happens that you happen to be a woman, and you're jumping on this whole diversity thing because it fits a good narrative, but you actually didn't give a fuck about anybody else. You were just focused on yourself. And I have an issue with that. I do. Okay. Because I just I think that attitude of it's all about me. I'm just taking care of me and mine. And you know, like I, I wish you all the well. I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I just don't want any of that shit to come to my door and impact me and the money that goes into my pocket. Well, then then you're not an ally. You're not helping. You're you're just you're just uh, you're just you're, using you're yourself. It. Yeah. Right. You're, I mean. You're using I, it for your own personal gain, but you're not really... So you really, like... And so there's... I think there's a lot more Rachel Nichols out there um, who who uh, who say that they're allies and advocates and, and um, you know, and, them, and, right. and, and, and sure. then all of a sudden, it some, somehow it negatively impacts them, and then they completely jump shit, and they show their true colors, right? And we've oh. seen it a lot, especially the last five, six years, even people we've had on the show, right? Like, they were all about the movement, and then something in the movement didn't quite go their way, and then they jump all the way to the other side. That, that's right? that's we've seen, fair. We, we've, we, we've seen it, and I, I don't think that those two things are that much different. Um, and, like, whatever happens with Rachel Nichols happens to her. You know? I mean, because this was... Like, you can sit there and say, oh, it was a private conversation. One, learn how to work your equipment. <laughs> two... Um, you know, like, and she, here's the, this is why I have an issue because of the way she set it up. You listen to the audio, 
listen, I love Maria. She's doing a great job. Everything about she's everything about her is great. But, right, nothing good ever comes after the but. <laughs> right, she's been in media long I'm, enough to I'm know. Not, I'm as not soon racist, as, but right, as soon as you drop that but, that needs to be a something needs to go off in your head. Like, who don't say this next thing. You know, that, that's when you say, you know what? Actually, she's just great. Best of luck to her. And, you know, I've been at ESPN long enough. I will, you know, I will continue to figure out a path just like I, just like I always have done. Or um, I'll and, compete with her and, you know. Right, or compete like, and we'll right. see what happens. But either way, get me an interview with LeBron and you end that conversation. But she didn't. She said what she said. Um, I think she showed her true colors. And whatever happens, happens. I, I don't. I, I don't think Rachel Nichols is a bad person or is 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 like a, a inherent racist. But I think that she co-opted a movement um, at that certain point in time to to help frame the bullshit that was about to come out of her mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and, and if she pays a price for it, she pays a price for it. Well, it, it'll be interesting how this plays out. I want to talk real quick about. Um, Two things related to uh, the Olympics. Actually, I'd like to talk about ten of them, but we'll right. be restricted to two. So Gwen Berry is uh, trying to compete in the hammer throw, mm-hmm. and she earned a spot on the U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Um, and she made a point of turning her back when to the flag when the national anthem was played. Mm-hmm. She has a strong stance on the national anthem and its racist roots, and... I understand where she's coming from. Um, I, it, it does bother me when athletes, you know, it's tough. Because I feel where she's coming from. I wish there was a way to do it without um, inflaming things, but I don't know there, what, that, what that is. <laughs> it's a point and, of protest. Yeah, exactly. And it is the ultimate example of a peaceful protest. But my, my real thing about, about Gwen Berry is... Tom Cotton, the senator, I want to say he's from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe. I, I think, I I think it's Arkansas. Tom Cotton, the U.S. senator, and he said she should be kicked off the Olympic team if she doesn't properly uh, uh, you know, show love and respect for this country. And I'm okay with that as long as he gets deported to either Saudi Arabia, North Korea, or Russia. Because in America, you don't need to kiss the ass of the country to represent it. In fact... Just like we were talking about before, you should be able to express dissent, to protest, to whatever. And for Tom Cotton to be talking about someone who's in the hammer throw just shows the desperate need to find outrage by this douchebag. And, oh. and, it's, and it's not just him, it's, it's right-wing media. But what a joke. I mean, I mean, first of all, she's, she's an Olympic athlete representing the United States in the Olympics, which um, I don't... I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily fair to demean it because it's the hammer throw, right? Um, it's not a high-profile event. Okay, but, I mean, like, tell me how many Olympic trials you've competed in. The same number that you have. Be careful. How many? I mean, I'm just saying. I've, oh, been, no, I've I, been closer I, look, than you. True. Um, <laughs> yes. USA uh, track and field, third. Nationals. Good, good for you. No shit. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Your athletic career is more... Impressive, I, but, but I here's my it. deal. Here's 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 the point. Um, one, it doesn't matter whether she's a hammer thrower or a sprinter or a gymnast. Fucking, I, I don't know. Pick some obscure sport that you never heard of. Um, I don't think it that diminishes the point that she's trying to make. I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sport it was. Tom Cotton's out of line. Right. Agreed. Like I mean, I think Tom Cotton's out of line. Fox News thing is out of line. Right. Like I mean, now look, if you want to say. You know, like if you like, 
I get what you're saying about protesting the anthem. Um, you know, and how oh, I wish there was a better way to do it. I, I uh, look. Here, here's 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 my thing though. I respect that she's using her platform. When it comes to representing the country on an international scale, I kind of have this mentality of when it's on the international scale, I I, I like to show unique. Like I've had teammates in you know I'm thinking of one guy in particular, my soccer team in high school. I fucking hated this guy. He was on my team, but while we were playing against someone else, he was my teammate. And I remember him getting, he was a punk. He would just cheap shot people all the time. And I remember literally getting into a shoving match with a guy in the soccer field thinking, I want to punch this fucking guy, but but it's my team. It's also an individual sport, um, you know, in the hammer throw. And um, again. But you see where I'm coming from with the whole. I, I get where you're coming from, but were you. Would you say that to Dr. Smith? You know what? That's a great question. Um, I mean, who, and if, was, if you was, would, was, please was, tell me so I can be very far away. <laughs> you know, well, I, well, I mean, no, I just, no, that's, a, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Smith and, and, and Carlos, oh, excuse me, don't, don't yeah. um, you know, they were exposing something. It, it's, it's not unrelated. No, it's it's, it's, it's not. I, mean, I, 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 I just I don't I don't have an issue with her protest. Um, you know, there's a little bit of controversy because you know she she didn't anticipate the second playing of the anthem and right. they weren't playing it. You know, at the award ceremony, but then they're just like, well, the next the second half of the day was starting, so that was to signify the beginning of the next thing, and all that is neither here nor there. Um, you know, she made her protest. Now, look, if you want to talk about what she was actually protesting and get into the anthem and, and what it means and what the interpretation of the that 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 second verse or whatever means, um, you know, that, I mean, that's a conversation that could be had, right? Um, you know, when you listen to her try to explain her reasoning, I don't know if it tracks, right? Like, I, to be fully honest, I don't know if it tracks. I don't know. You know, and and I would need to talk to her more to get a better picture of it. From what I've heard, I'm like, eh, I don't know if you're basing this off anything or it's not. It, what it sounds like, she heard someone else say that the song was racist. She looked at the words, said, "Oh, totally racist. I agree." So I'm gonna protest it. Um, you know, I don't know if she took the time to look at it, break it down. It doesn't much matter, right? It's not my right. protest. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I completely support her right to do it i'm not going to beat her over the head i don't think she should be suspended from the team or whatever now look people criticize her for it is what it is criticize away sure criticize away right i mean like i mean in in am i going to go to bat for i will go to bat for and say look it's her right to protest i'm i'm i don't really have a strong opinion on this or not because again i'm not sure i fully understand or i'm sure that she understands what she's protesting um but at the same time, like she, she's, right. she's more willing to do it. And I'm 100% able to do it. I'm 100% against anyone saying she should not be allowed to go to the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, and that's also that, Tom, that's Tom Cotton yeah, and his idiot followers. I mean, yeah. he's got no say in this, no sway whatsoever. Right. Now, if it was somebody but he's not from, the only one. If it was somebody from the U.S. Olympic team committee or something like that saying that they were considering suspending her or keeping her from playing or uh, competing, I would have a serious issue with that. But I mean, it's Tom Cotton. It's ridiculous that a U.S. senator standing. would but exactly. But Steve, he's a U.S. senator. I agree. We should hold I, him to a high I, enough standard. And we should, and and I'm I'm fully on board with you saying that what he's saying is bullshit. 
Um, but, you know, Gwen made her choice to, to, to protest in the way that she did. Um, I don't think that she should be penalized for it. But, like, if people are going to call her on it because they disagree, I'm also I'm, – it is what it is, right? Like, you, you, you made that bed, and so you deal with it. Um, as long as it's not, like, physical or, you know, threats to her sure. life and safety, which I'm sure, sure those – She's received that, right? I, Which I, is I don't know that, but I'm sure you're right also. You know? Yep. Um, we, we're running out of time. We should talk real quick about uh, Shakari Richardson. Right. Which so, is probably the bigger story, which probably should have came first. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, with Shakari Richardson, obviously, you know, I mean, that, that, that kind of blew up uh, the week of the 4th of July. Um, you know, her situation was she tested positive for weed, like, the day before the Olympic trials. Um it, you know, it's unfortunate. Like, the argument is weed shouldn't be on the list, and, um, you know, they should let it run. And Michael Phelps smoked weed. Look, Michael and Phelps. Everyone ever competed in the fucking. What was the. Yeah. Uh, uh, the fucking. Snow, snowboarding. Yes. Yeah, snowboarding oh in the half pipe. <laughs> Fair. But here's the deal. The, the, I'm not a rule. Like, look, Michael Phelps didn't smoke weed the day before. The Olympic trials, right? He smoked right. weed at a party, got busted, and got raked over the coals. And everyone was like, oh, he was allowed to compete. It wasn't the day before the Olympic trials, right? Like he never rule, tested positive. Right, he never tested positive, right? Like, you're not, like, it's, I believe the rule is it's on the banned list. Like, so they can test you at any time, right? Like, so water rules, USA, like, they can test you whenever, but the rules change a little bit, like around closer, com- to, event, closer sure. to competition, sure. right? So what they're saying is, you know, like, look, you know, you're getting tested the day before the competition. Let's not have anything in your system. She, you know, where, you know, it sounds like she tested pretty high. Like she literally smoked like day of, day before the test. She I gets busted, um, and she even has acknowledged that she knew what the rules were. She made, she decided to smoke anyway, and she's paying the consequence. Look, she's owned it. And I think people are still attacking her. Like, look, she made a terrible mistake, a terrible choice, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I, I think the rule itself is ridiculous, but I don't know if, if I'm in the camp of you got to let her run because I don't like the rule. Right. It's a Josh Gordon thing, right? It's, it's right. It's, I mean, like, it's just you a, knew the rule. You made a bad decision. Right. There's consequences. Just, but the rule is stupid. Right, especially it's, it's ridiculous. Right, like I guarantee you, smoking weed does not make you faster. Right, I mean, like I, I mean, I, listen, I played basketball with a guy uh, in like seventh and eighth grade who was a phenomenal. He went on to be a phenomenal player, um, but he smoked like he like I mean, he was Snoop Dogg level smoker. Right, like in seventh I mean, and eighth grade. So, oh yeah, seventh eighth grade. You know, freshman in high school. I remember when he got his license. He would sit. He would hotbox in his car. He had a little geo prism. It was tan with tinted windows, and they were just the car would be filled with smoke. Right? He would open the door. This is like fucking Dave Chappelle. I remember he would, he would open the door, and one of our other classmates would get out, and it just smoke. Right? It would just come out. And uh, but uh, like he, and was he was fourteen. Would, I started at forty-seven. Right? He was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and then but like like TD, and I won't say his full name, but TD, like when he smoked, he said it made his court vision better. And that dude, I mean, like, he passed, like, LeBron. I mean, like, he, he would see you across court, three people in between, and thread a pass in between. It's just like, how are you doing this? You're so high. You know, it's just like, <laughs> shoot the ball. I, but did you see? Well, okay, well, I got fouled. But I'm just saying he's really good and he's really high. Um, so it works in basketball. I don't know how effective it is in track. It's definitely not a performance enhancer for, you know, like, any of the sports that you would have in track and field. Um, 
I don't even know if it would help you in the biathlon, well, frankly. Uh, yeah. But but um, again, it's it, I mean in the the snowboarding thing, they literally when that sport came in, they had like the first three medal winners all test positive and literally had to say. Uh, okay, we're not going to test for this anymore because we can't find a non-pot smoking right. snowboarder <laughs> from anywhere. From anywhere, right? Um, <laughs> so this annoys me. For that. This annoys me for the this is dumb. Let's be real and honest perspective. Agreed. Having said that, I you mean, are look, correct. I it think is the rule. I have no issue advocating for them to change the rule, but like, especially with black athletes, man. Like, look, the reality is is that. We're just under a different microscope. You can sit there and say, no, you're not. No, you're not. Well, you look at the people who've been suspended, who've been impacted, who, who are being scrutinized the in the media. The snowboarders were all white. Well, just the snowboarders <laughs> are a little bit different. But they changed the but rule for them. Change the rule for them <laughs> right? Did. You're right. And so, I mean, I think you have to go into that knowing the level of scrutiny, especially being a track athlete, especially being a sprinter. There's not only weed, you know, there's the drug I mean, addict. I mean, like, people are ben still John, talking about Ben Johnson, Johnson sure. right? Um, I was and, and just, 88, I believe. Right, and that race, I mean, still goes down as the dirtiest race in history because I think every, like, almost everybody in that race, other than maybe Carl Lewis, um, was affiliated or, or had some sort of tangent connection to steroid use, right? So... People even argue Carl Lewis, although I will. Right, I mean, I just, I, there was no, there was no proof against him, and I, I don't necessarily I see Carl it. Lewis and too, so. hear his voice. I don't He's a think, great singer too. It does not sound like Carl Lewis was getting extra testosterone based on his voice, but who knows? Maybe it was something else. I'll make but it up to you. Oh my, no, you won't. My, <laughs> no, you won't. Um, but with Shakari Richardson, it's a sad, tragic situation made by her own poor decision making. Yeah. Um, I don't like some of the attacks on her. Um, because people just said, like, oh, yeah, it was weed, but I bet she's going to test positive for st- all this other shit. Like, look, she's a phenomenal athlete. She made a really dumb choice. She is paying a price for it. Um, you know, and, p- and people coming out and saying, like, she, she, she made a statement that said where she basically owned it, right? And people said, oh, well, I don't like the way she phrased her statement. You know, like, she came out and she owned it, but, like, I don't like it. Okay, fine. But then she came out and said, look, I'm like, yeah, I was kind of bold about it that I owned it or whatever, but like I'm hurting, right? Like she made a terrible decision that she can't like, I mean, she, she missed an opportunity and there is no guarantee she will ever get this opportunity right. again. So, you know, she made another public statement that she was really hurting and she was really sad and, and, and frustrated by the decision. And people are like attacking her like, oh, it's your own fault. Like she knows that. Right, this whole piling on thing is just—it's just—I I don't know. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's sad. Again, I blame no one but her. Like all of this is true. It's her fault. She's the only one to blame. It's a stupid rule. They need to change it. Would I let her run? I probably would not. Really? No. I would. No, because like I look, for, for the same reason the snowboarders. Like this is not performance enhancing. Yeah, but the problem and, is the problem is there look, are plenty of other people who did not smoke weed the day before the fucking race who can run who ran pretty damn fast who uh, should have that opportunity. And and if it's if it's the U.S. Olympic Committee saying you know what we can't trust your judgment because the the girl that finished point one point oh oh one seconds behind you. No, to be fair, I don't even think it was close. Though. I don't know. I don't know. It, well, I mean, just, I it, remember I, like watching the race. She 
She smoked the competition. <laughs> she smoked she the competition. Yeah, that did. was an accident. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem, Jim. We got to wrap this up, yeah. but we cannot wrap it up without talking about Michael Avenatti for a minute. Sentenced to 30 months in prison for being a complete scumbag. I mean, yeah. this guy, this guy, I almost admire Buster. his... I almost admire his scumbaggedness. His scumbaggery. His scumbaggery. But you're going to jail for 30 months, which... Might not seem like a long time, but boy, if you're in jail for 30 months, I guarantee... I mean, he won't spend 30 months in no, jail. No, he won't, but, but I mean, go to, go to jail for 30 days. Go to jail 30, for 30 hours. Yeah. And tell, I, I, and tell I, me that I, wasn't I, long I, enough. I don't, I don't want to do that. No, here's... The other part is, he still got pending cases in California. Oh. Because remember, he stole Stormy Daniels' money. Like, so she... Stormy Allegedly. Daniels, uh, okay, sure. Um, but either way, he still got those cases pending in California, so he's he's been remanded to California... And pending what happens with those cases, so he's going to do, you know, he's got his 30 months that he's got to do uh, in federal time. Sounds like good chance he's probably going to do some time in California as well. Um, well <laughs> he is just an out and out scumbag. He is. But I, there's something about me that kind of, mm. I just, I find him nah. very entertaining. I, I find him I, very entertaining. I don't, you know why? Because, you know, I'm not. He's, I'm, look, fuck him. I'm not. No, 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 no. But uh, you know, I've I've worked with not Michael Avenatti, but care guys like him. Okay. Right. You know, just really ridiculous, outlandish uh, these attorneys. Too. Like I've worked with guys like him. Um, they're bad for the profession. They're they're they're, they're bad. They're they're just they're, there's there's no redeeming quality. Um. And a lot of times they get slapped on the wrist. If they even get that, they get, you know, everyone just says, oh, I mean, like, yeah, he's he didn't kinda, hurt he's a, anybody. He, he's, he's an asshole, but I mean, like, you got to kind of like his bravado and all this other bullshit. And that's the type of shit that allow, that creates guys like this. You know, you're just not, because, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? You're like, wrong, and yeah. I just, like, I, I see it. You and know what? Now I, I'm thinking about it in my profession and the scumbags I've dealt with in my profession yeah. who literally will screw over clients because oh, yeah. it works. In their short-term financial best interest, and I and I fucking despise them. Now I'm projecting and, that and, into and, your and, and he's career. Like, I mean, he's that times ten. Yeah, you know. But yeah. I mean, you see these guys all the time, right? Like they just they say whatever they want. They're they're really loud and you know obnoxious about it. And you know they'll get yeah. behind a cause and they'll they'll say all, you know they say a couple of the right things and then they'll say a lot of wrong things. But it's okay because he's so and so and that's just how he is. Isn't it fun? No, you know, like yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just like nah. You're I, right. I, you're I, right. I, he doesn't I'm get giving, a pass. I'm giving him a pass, or I was thinking of giving him a pass. Because because of the entertainment value of the whole Stormy Daniels, Donald Trump thing. But you're right, he's a fucking dirtbag. Who literally... <laughs> by the way, if you're going to try to extort a company, Bro, how about not Nike? one of the most wealthy companies you fucking in the fucking me? world? And here's the thing with Michael Avenatti. Remember, like, so his defense was, yeah, I, I didn't do it. Remember when I first brought this to you? I mean, it's been two years ago. It's been right? two years, but you know what? You, how we found out... Was the FBI leaked the tapes that were recorded in the conversations? Like you had the transcripts yeah. from the tape. So his defense was like, how like how he didn't plea, I don't know, right? Like how he was trying to spin this into well, everybody got it wrong, I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, it was. But I mean, day. it's just like, look, if you're gonna go after somebody, Nike ain't the one, bro. Phil Knight, like, <laughs> it, and the reality is, it probably never even got to Phil Knight. 
Right? Like, somebody probably put a memo on his desk, like, hey, we're doing this thing with the FBI because this guy is doing this thing. And he was like, cool, I'll be in the locker room playing PS5 with the guys. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like of all the people to fuck with, like, Nike is not the one, right? Because Mike, Nike literally, like... He left voicemails. Here's a, he leaves voicemails, right? And if you read the transcripts, right, Nike, the Nike officials, like, they, they got off the phone with them. And they had, like, a brief discussion, like, what is he, is he serious? Yeah, I think he's serious. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, just call the FBI. Like, right now? Yeah, just call yeah, him, just tell him. It. They call the FBI. The FBI is like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah. So, like, all right, let's do it. They set him up. It took, like, it took the FBI no time to get it figured out. Nike was like, yeah, we'll fully cooperate. And then they had him, and then, like, it was over. I mean, like, it, it, this was not, like, a long, drawn-out right, sting. Right, no, this was not... They, they, they had a couple... They had multiple interviews... This was not what took down John right, Gotti. Right. He didn't have to So, the funny part it. about it was the, he, they had enough to bury him at the first meeting, but they're just like, well, let's just get as much as we could get, right? So, over the course of, like, a month, they had, like, three or four interviews with him, and it just got progressively worse and worse and worse, and then they got to a point, finally, they're just like, all right, he, we just... We're done. We're done. I, I can't even do this anymore. Let's just drop the hammer, and they did, and then his career was gone. <laughs> this this guy makes uh, um, Michael Cohen look like a genius. Da- yeah, genius. I, I was mean, like, trying to come up with the, like, the genius lawyers. I was saying Daniel Cathy, but that I mean, doesn't count as a genius. <laughs> However, I got to sneak that in there. I mean, somebody. There's a time where someone would have said Dershowitz, but yeah, and not then, yeah. I mean, there's not gonna say Giuliani either. All right, brother, we gotta wrap this up. We've gone way long. Yep. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the rambling and the rants. I certainly did. We're done.